Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And these are the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season two, episode five, Symphony in B-sharp. Series created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams. Teleplay by Carl Binder. Story by Peter Moyhan. Directed by Francis Delia. Original air date, October 31st, 1988. So we're back with Season 2, Episode 5, Symphony in B-Sharp. The cursed antique from Friday the 13th Wiki is a violin that temporarily restores its owner's crippled hands after killing someone with a blade hidden in the bow. So I didn't find any warehouse connections in this episode, but what this artifact does kind of feels like a repeat story. The guy had to keep killing people to heal his hands, like the teacup where she had to keep killing people to stay young. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I just hope we're not going to keep getting repeat stories just with different objects, you know? Mm -hmm. So full disclosure, I only watched this once. I wrote the notes as I went along. I left all my theories right or wrong in my notes, so that's how it's going. (laughs) So this one, Mickey and Ryan attend a symphony, and Ryan is bored, of course, by the whole thing until he spots Leslie, the violinist. He rushes backstage. You know, he's kind of starting to give me the creeps. You know what I mean? Yes, the stalker. Yeah, he's kind of too much when he sees a woman, and it's like any woman. He's starting to bother me. Yeah. So he rushes backstage to talk to her and fails miserably at picking her up. Earlier backstage, a janitor is killed with a violin bow by a bandaged man. Death seems to straighten out the man's hands and he can play his violin. So on the way out of the theater, Mickey sees an ambulance taking somebody who's clearly dead away. Ryan being... I don't even know what to call him. Whatever he is, that he is, is now all interested in music. Classical music. You know, he has a bunch of albums, I guess, that were Jack's. Jack and Mickey seem to get a kick out of his interest because they know it's all about this girl and it has nothing to do with music. But Mickey does seem to be telling Jack about the incident that she thought she saw a dead person the night before at the theater. We only hear the tail end of it, with Jack saying, are you sure maybe they weren't dead? And So Leslie's alone in the theater, and she goes looking around when she hears someone playing the violin, but never finds anyone. Well, her music director or the lead violinist or whatever he is taps her on the stage and scares her, but, you know, she never finds who's playing the violin. Mm-hmm. So Ryan runs into Leslie again. He just happens to run into her outside a music store, and she again refuses his request for coffee, but Ryan doesn't look as if he's you know, willing to give up just yet. So back at the store, Brian, Mickey, and Jack are listening to music. And Jack tells them they're listening to Janos Korda, who died about five years ago. Now, I don't know about you, but as soon as he said that, I was sure that the bandaged man was Janos. Well, yeah. And I imagine he was severely injured in the accident and he just let people believe he was dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Mickey notices that the album was only released a year ago. And Jack tells her a new recording is released every year around the time of his death. And Jack believes he must have left a lot of unreleased music when he died and it's being released a little bit at a time. So back at the theater during rehearsal, we can see hands on the balcony railing where someone is watching the director. I keep calling him the director. I don't know what he is, but he's the first violinist, I think, or the lead or whatever. And his name is Phil. And Phil's telling Leslie that she's being sloppy in some part of the piece. They take a break and Phil goes to the roof to smoke. He hears someone trying to play the violin. When he walks closer, he's stabbed with the bow. So Ryan shows up at Leslie's dressing room. He says he was just out for a walk, oh my god, and saw the police. (laughs) Uh, Now, at this point, if I were Leslie, I would absolutely think he's a stalker. 
Mm-hmm. There's no way I wouldn't think he was a stalker. He ran backstage after the show. He showed up at a music store, and now he just happens to be walking by the theater because he's out for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no way I wouldn't think this guy's a stalker. But she tells Ryan about Phil's murder. So I don't even know why. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm losing my mind over this. Ryan says that he'll take her home, and she goes with him. Yes, she does. This is someone who showed up outside a music store, like I just said, who she barely remembered meeting at the symphony, and who just shows up after a murder, and she goes with him. Mm-hmm. People are being murdered. This is the second one. Mm-hmm. And this strange guy keeps showing up, and you go with him? I can't. <sighs> Not even saying that. Go on. So we hear violin music coming from the vent after they leave the room. And then we see the bandaged man playing in the basement. And he's having a flashback to one of his performances. And in the flashback, he bursts into flames. But we go to Leslie bolting up in her bed after a nightmare. So at this point, I wondered if it was him remembering or was it Leslie's dream? Or both? I was thinking it was both. Yeah, so did I. But it wasn't clear. Right around here, where it wasn't clear to me, this started giving me Phantom of the Opera vibes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, now I'm thinking it's all in her head. There really isn't a guy playing a violin. <laughs> you know? She's the one killing people. I had all these kind of theories. So Jack and Mickey have a conversation about Ryan. Mickey is worried because she thinks there's something strange about Leslie. There is. And she feels like she has some sort of hypnotic effect on Ryan. Any woman has a hypnotic effect on Ryan. Yeah, it's true. She brings up the two deaths in the concert hall. Jack starts to wonder what's going on as well. Because at first he was saying, you know, I think you're overreacting. But, you know, when she brings up the two deaths, he starts to wonder what's going on. And he heads to the manifest. And they find an entry for a violin sold to Frank Macklin. Look at this. Various violin sold to Frank Macklin. And Leslie's a violinist. It's a little close, isn't it? All right, why don't you check out this uh, Frank Macklin? See if Leslie could have got the violin from him. See what I can find out about the curse. They find an entry for a violin sold to Frank Macklin. And the only connection they have right now is Leslie is a violinist, so they think it's not a coincidence. Jack sends Mickey to check out Frank Macklin while he goes through the books to see what he can find out about the curse. So Ryan and Leslie are talking and walking after dinner. Leslie talks about musicians and how music can consume their lives and not leave room for anything else, which at this point is still giving me phantom vibes. Mm-hmm. So Ryan walks Leslie to the theater, and she goes in alone. So, number one, why after two murders does he let her go in alone? And why does she always go there at night? Does she live there? I don't understand why she's always there. No, she doesn't live there. I believe she's there to practice or rehearse. I think it was the hostess. Acoustics? Acoustics, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's that. But to me, it seems that it lures her back. That's my only thinking. It lures her back. Because she's hearing it, but it seems like, I don't don't know. It's kind of, it's just weird. It's kind of weird. It is drawing her. Oh, maybe. Maybe. That didn't occur to me. Because it's just like, why is she always there? And why is she always only one there? You know? And for a while there, I was like, maybe she lives there upstairs or something. But, yeah, that could be. I didn't even consider that, that it might be drawing her there. So uh, Leslie hears the music playing, but it stops when she asks who's there. And we see him watching her again from behind a curtain. She doesn't see him, but she still gets freaked out. She starts to run out of the theater, but bumps into Ryan 
again. At this point, she hears something in the theater. She runs out and she bumps into Ryan, who's not supposed to be there. What is wrong with you, woman? Right. Right? Just better. And he came to give her her music. He wasn't carrying any music when they left. Where did he have it? In his pocket, this big envelope? Right. Mm -hmm. Go on. And then I'll start putting my two cents in it. So Leslie thinks something's wrong with her. She keeps saying, she keeps hearing him playing, and it can't be him. So she tells Ryan that she doesn't want to be alone tonight. So the bandaged man watches all of this from behind the curtain, and his hands begin to revert back to the original damage state. So right here, I thought that some of his motivation was about Leslie. Like, he killed the other violinist when he was kind of mean to her on the stage. Mm. I thought he was going after people who were going to get close to her. That's what I was thinking was happening at this point. I mean, maybe that has a little to do with it, but that really wasn't the reason. But I really did believe that at this point he was targeting people who were either not good to her or getting too close to her. So I really thought he was going to target Ryan next. So Ryan and Leslie spend the night together. You got just creep. Follow you all over the place, but you sleep with him? The whole thing is ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. It's not like you did a wham damn thank you, ma'am. He stayed at night. Right. The whole thing is ridiculous. I mean, she didn't even remember who he was when he showed up in front of the music store. And then all of a sudden, she's letting him bring her home. She's And there's somebody out there killing people. I mean, you could do whatever the hell you want. If she wants to sleep with him, good for her. But the fact is, somebody's out there killing people. And this guy keeps showing up. Right. And it doesn't make you go, hmm. Apparently not. And I don't know why. I really did like this episode. But this part of it, with Ryan just being his stalkery self and her just going with it. Like, there's somebody right. killing people. Thank you. And it's like, that, that's what got me. And I'm going, I just didn't get that part because you're right. So some people do what they want to do, but there's a creepiness about this guy. Exactly. And there's people getting killed. And every time you turn around, he's there. Wouldn't you think of him as the killer? I sure would. As soon as he shows up in front of the music store, that would have been it. Mm-hmm. So Ryan and Leslie, like we said, spend the night together and Leslie leaves to get to the theater. And while there, she finds a watch with an inscription to Janos from her. And I think it was to Janos. I couldn't really read it, but I did read the Love Leslie part. So I'm just assuming it was to him. Right. Yeah, okay. I believe so, too. I'll yes. you on that. I didn't read the whole thing. So he, she hears music again and the theater is dark. This is in the morning. Now she's still the only one there. Mm-hmm. She follows the music into the basement. And oh my God, is this the biggest basement in the world? Thank you. There was like 20 minutes of the episode is just them going down this hallway. Her going down this hallway and then Ryan going down this hallway later. So she follows the music into the basement and finally finds the bandaged man playing. Now, she's pretty calm for a person in a dark basement with a strange bandaged man playing a violin, wouldn't you say? Yes, she is. She's very calm. And she asks him why he's doing this, just very calmly. Why are you doing this? Like, it's every day that you find some bandaged, mummy-looking guy in a basement. Okay. And he says that he played this piece six years ago, and she's still beautiful. So she immediately knows that it's Janos, and just tells him, matter-of-factly, that she thought he was dead. And she's still really pretty calm, and doesn't seem surprised that the man she thought was dead is still alive, and living in a basement under the theater. I don't know if she was supposed to appear to us. I don't know. I, I can't determine why she behaves that way. I don't know. All I got about thinking is she knew it was him, so she felt at peace. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Because it's so weird to me why 
they have her act that way. Right. Because I guess before, you know, he wasn't abusive to her. I think they were engaged or something. Didn't we hear that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think at one point it was a piece. Still, I thought, well, if you was dead and you didn't get in contact with me, and you're not dead, that's an issue. Because I'm <laughs> at one point, might be cussing you out because you leave me all these years. Exactly. That's what I, I mean. I don't care if you're banished or not. If we had that kind of love, right. I don't care what you look like. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was, she was way too calm about everything. Mm-hmm. I would either be shocked, or if, like you said, she f- knew it was him and felt at peace, I would still be pissed. Yeah, I feel peaceful. I'm cussing him out because where you been? Right. You left me alone? <laughs> right. So she wants to know what happened, and she says she knew about the accident and the fire, but not much more. So he describes the accident and the fire to her. So around a year, I started to think that Leslie was somehow involved in the accident, but didn't remember. Is it just me? That's the vibe I was getting. I thought she was in the car. That's what I thought, yeah. And because the way he said, you don't know what happened, together with the dream she had of the accident, I didn't know if she was there and just doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to come out that she was driving and she doesn't remember. Right. I thought the same thing. Or she would have been a passenger in the car. Or something. Yeah. Right. You're right. Or yeah. ran out into the street to try and stop him from driving drunk and he... I thought there was going to be some big revelation, but again, there wasn't. So she tells him she could have helped, but he says he's no longer who and what he used to be. And now he's just a monster. And he didn't want her to see him like that. And then he makes her promise not to tell anyone. So immediately she goes and tells Ryan, but okay. Yes, she does. A complete stranger. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds and the Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So Mickey finds out that Frank, the guy who bought the violin, bought it for one of his students but couldn't remember who. And then Mickey finds a list of his students and finds out that Leslie was one of them. So both Mickey and Jack believe that Leslie is the one with the violin. So Jack goes to speak with the other students on the list. There's one student who studied with Leslie under Frank, but also studied with Leslie under Janos. And he tells Jack that Leslie seemed to have something going on with Janos, but he doesn't believe that she is writing the new music but he does remember that she did give him a violin as a gift on the night that he died and he says they had an argument about his drinking and he stormed off jack once again asks if he's sure that leslie isn't playing yanos's music in the new releases but the student says that she's good but would have to sell her soul to the devil to play that well which is totally the theme of this whole series (laughs) 
So he's still not convinced it's not um, Leslie with the violin. So Mickey finds a few articles about musicians or music lovers being stabbed through the heart and killed. All of the dates coincide with the dates of the new releases of music. And Mickey is sure still that it's Leslie. But Jack tells her what he found and that she and Janos were lovers and that she gave him the violin. You know, I guess it doesn't occur to him that Janos might be alive because why would it, I guess... So Mickey thinks that maybe Leslie just got it back after he died. And I kind of started believing that too because I still kind of felt like maybe she was just imagining all this and she was the one doing everything. Like I said, it was kind of Phantom of the Opera to me and I kind of felt like maybe we were going to find out. As you could tell, I had a million theories going through this. But I kind of felt like we were going to find out that she did get his violin back after he died. And she's the one doing all this. And, it, you know, this phantom masked guy is all in Right, eyes. yeah. Ryan shows up at Leslie's door. But she tells him that she needs to be alone. But she finally lets him in because he's not going to go away if she doesn't open the door. So sometime off screen, she must have told Ryan the story of Yano because she says something like, remember the man I thought was dead. But we never heard her tell, actually tell him. So she tells Ryan that the man's alive, but that she cares for Ryan, and she asks him to wait there, and Ryan says he understands. Still, 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 let me just say, people are getting killed at the theater. (laughs) Why does Ryan let her go to the theater herself? Ryan, who does this for a living every week, doesn't put two and two together that, oh, maybe this phantom guy that she says is alive and not dead is killing the people in the theater. Because he loves her. You I'm know, still trying to figure out how you let a, a man that you really don't know alone in your apartment. <laughs> well, it's too late for that. She's already let him drive her home. She was already slept with him. She's already told him her secret about the man who died, which I don't think she he knows is Janos, but he knows there was some man in her life that died. But yeah, I know. And then why do you stay in the apartment? So <laughs> I don't know why I like this. I did say I like this, but it was just so wacky. But I did like the story. There were just so many things to nitpick about, though. So she goes to the theater and hears Yano trying to play, but it sounds awful. She goes to where he is and sees a dead man on the ground with Yano with the violin bow. He drags her off and makes her accompany him on his new recording. But she's upset at the death. And he explains that without the deaths, he could not make music. And this was her gift to him. So now he's scaring her, not only because of the deaths, but because he's kind of yelling at her. He kind of like snaps a little bit. And he makes her continue playing. So listen, they're supposed to be recording this music they're playing together. Mm-hmm. And so wouldn't the recording also pick up all her sniffing and crying while they're playing? Sure enough. She's sobbing while they're playing. <laughs> that was That's about the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Mickey breaks into Leslie's while Ryan is still waiting there. Like, seriously, where did she think Ryan would be? I mean, there's a good chance he's with Leslie. So there's a good chance that they're either going to be at the theater or they're going to be at her apartment at some point. Right, because they seem not, not seen Ryan in days. Right, so why why does Mickey think that she's going to get away with breaking into Leslie's house? I mean, there's a 50% chance that they're going to be there. So Ryan catches Mickey, and, you know, Mickey tells Ryan the story. And Ryan, of course, doesn't believe it. And I feel like we've had enough scenes with Mickey telling Ryan that someone he's involved with may have an antique, and Ryan reacting the same way. And at some point, you know, he should start to consider the possibility and not go berserk. As if it's the first time he's hearing this about somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, he has the same exact reaction. 
every time. Six years ago, Leslie bought a various violin from Uncle Lewis. It was a present for Janus Korda. Korda was her teacher. I don't believe it. True. People are dying, and it's no coincidence that a Korda tape is expected soon. That Gavarius and your girlfriend are in the middle of all of this. Look, there's a thousand people that could have that violin. Why are you hassling Leslie? Look, I know her, Mickey. Ryan, don't shut me out. She's not the person you think she is. She and Korda were lovers. Maybe stop and think, well, maybe this happened a couple times already, so maybe I should think about it because it makes perfect sense. It happened with my father, and he just doesn't. I mean, there's denial, but he's kind of out of his mind with denial. Yeah. He really annoyed me this episode, in case you didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> and Mickey tells Ryan that Leslie and Janos were lovers, and Ryan realizes that the man Leslie told him was alive is Janos. So I imagine he realizes that she might be in trouble and runs out heading to the theater. So Ryan runs through the theater and down the hallway for another 10 minutes to the basement. He finds Leslie tied up. She tells him to go away. Yano shows up playing terrible music again, so he needs to kill someone. And, of course, that someone is going to be Ryan. Mm-hmm. So Leslie stands in front of Ryan and tells Janos that he's not even human anymore. He takes his bandages off and shows her his burnt face, which... Quite honestly, didn't look any scarier than the bandages, in my opinion. Did it to you? I, I thought it was a really, really bad job of uh, burning it. Yeah, I think he looked just as scary with the bandages on. Uh, yeah, more scarier with the bandages on than without them. Yeah, it was a bad job. You're right. Yeah, it was a terrible job. Terrible job. He tries to stab Ryan, but he gets Leslie instead. So Ryan kind of just stands there. And I don't know what that was about. He just stood there. He didn't go for Leslie and nothing. He just stood there. So Yano lets out a scream and he carries Leslie out to the stage. Ryan finally follows and he turns on the stage lights and again just stands there while Yano runs away. Ryan finally goes after him and catches up with him in the rafters. Now right here, because they both looked down at Leslie, I thought they both stopped fighting because it sounded like Leslie was still breathing. But it must have been Ryan breathing. But just the way you can hear the breaths and the way they stopped and looked, I thought she was still breathing. And I thought that's why they stopped fighting. But apparently not. So they struggle, but Yano breaks free and jumps from the rafters towards Leslie's body. And now they're both dead. And Ryan has lost another girlfriend. So back at the store, the violin's locked up. Jack tells Ryan that Leslie didn't know about any of it, the violin, Yano, or the curse. But I wondered why Jack was reassuring him that Leslie was not a part of the situation and didn't do anything wrong, because I never got the impression that Ryan ever thought that. Did you? No, I did No, so I was wondering what all the reassurance was for, because, you know, we knew she didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't see any part where Ryan believed she had anything to do with it. I think he believed she was in trouble, but I never got the impression that he had decided that she had something to do with it. Yeah, the only problem that I had with the scene with Yanos, with him, running with her is that I thought he was running out for help. So did I. And I understand because at one point you could have ran out scream. You didn't want anybody to see you. Then you could have just left her there and then ran back in. Right. But then he drops her. I don't think Ryan's going to run out and go get some help for her. No, he doesn't. And I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't we have 911 back in the 80s? I believe we did, right? Uh, There's always a phone on the theater. You could call 911. And still get her some help. And nobody stops to call 911. Every theater has the um, the telephone. It's a wall phone. 
But every theater has one. Nobody gets this girl any help. No, and I thought they stopped fighting because they were hearing her breathe. And I thought they were going to get her help. But I was wrong. That's not why they stopped fighting. I don't know why they stopped fighting. I think maybe Yano had the upper hand. I'm not sure. So Ryan wants to burn the music because they have the the recording. But Jack tells him that, that Leslie's alive in the music. So in the end, Ryan listens to the music. And it's not going to be a good listen when he gets to the sniffing and sobbing part. Because I have to imagine that's there. Right. Did I miss anything? No. Mm-mm. I did think this was a good one. As much as I complain about Ryan being a stalker and Leslie's whole not thinking of her safety. Right. It wasn't bad. He's like, you're right. It's the of the opera. That's the same thing I automatically thought when I seen it. All right. Then we'll be back shortly with episode, what is it, six? I believe so. All right. See you later. See you later. Bye. This is Doug reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko, Pixabay user 147-98912, free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.